I'm Tara. And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we are here to lovingly snark on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas lineup for the 2020 season. And we have a movie up tonight, which I don't know that either of us are terribly excited about. It's but... Hallmark's uh, Take Us Across the World Rick Steves Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas in Vienna. Yes. Starring Sarah Drew and Brennan Elliott. And... Um, yeah, it is our destination movie for 2020, just like Christmas in Rome was last year. And we have some predictions to make. Um, but before we do that, let's pull up the official summary or the official blurb. Yeah, so here's, here's what we us. know. Um, a dispirited concert violinist travels to Vienna for a performance and finds the inspiration she's been missing. All right. And I <laughs> wonder if that inspiration is love. I was going to say, yeah, the inspiration is clearly a man. <laughs> uh, we did see a little bit of this in the preview special. So we saw their like little, I think it was a meat cute in a Christmas market. Right. Um, but we really don't know much else other than that. We do know she's a violinist. I don't know that we know what he does for a living, but let's... not through the previous. No, I also don't really care enough to predict that. <laughs> it probably won't matter. Right, so, so what's your first prediction? Okay. For this? So my first prediction for this is that we are going to get some sound of music references because Ooh, yeah. this is in Vienna. It, you know, might just be like a, um, like a little punny sound of music mention. So right. that's what I think we're going to go for. Cause she's a musician and they're going to say, it's the sound of music in you know, it. Just something <laughs> as a nod to that. Um, because she is uh, a violinist, I think that we're going to get a hand double for the violin playing, mm. you know, like Margot's big hands <laughs> in, <laughs> in Chateau, Chateau Christmas. Christmas. Uh, I think we're going to get, uh, delicate hands, but I think we'll get a hand double. Um, for my next prediction, I do think that there will be a scene, if not more than one set at Schönbrunn Palace, which is sort of the big tourist attraction in Vienna, like the main thing you should go see. So I feel fairly certain that that will They're be shown. They're going to have to, right. I feel like if there's any prediction I'm going to make tonight, that's the one that's most likely to happen. <laughs> um, so they will show Schönbrunn Palace. And kind of going on with the sound of music, I think that he might have another love interest like we saw in The Sound of Music. And so there's going to be kind of some parallels there. And then my final prediction is a sleigh ride slash carriage ride for the simple reason that we've basically seen one in every movie so far. So why not predict that it's going to be here as well? I mean, I it's feel Vienna. Like it, it has a high likelihood. Right. Um, my final prediction is that uh, there will be some sort of deadline on Christmas Eve. As there always is. As there always is. It's got to drive the motion. So. You know, is it she's got to, I don't know, find that inspiration before Christmas Eve or there's going to be some deadline. Driving she's us. waiting for a job offer. He's waiting for a job offer. She's waiting for, I don't know, there's some festival on Christmas Eve. Right. It's always something like that. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for our predictions. I've Let's got the cocoa ready. Get the cocoa and the... Uh, what is, what is the cheese that we have? Is this like smoked Gouda? We're being bougie tonight with our little charcuterie spread. We have a, sh not, it's not a charcuterie chalet, but it is definitely a Christmas tree cutting board. Yeah, we have decided this year we're not doing gingerbread houses. We're doing charcuterie chalets, but we don't even get them into the chalet. We just eat them. So <laughs> that's our plan for this movie. And we will see you when we're done. Oh. 
And we're back. We are back. We have finished our movie. Uh, I feel like I have been to Vienna now. Yes. In just two hours, I feel like I've seen everything there is to see. And we've returned home. And it's been a bit of a whirlwind whirlwind because we also were live tweeting this. Yes. Um, so lots of interesting conversations there. But uh, before we get into the summary and everything, I do want to share one tweet that I think encapsulated my feelings about Hallmark, <laughs> uh, what I think would make this all more interesting. So um, Joe Dolan, um, his handle is FG underscore Dolan, said they need to make one Hallmark Christmas movie every year that's a total bloodbath. Everyone dies and gets divorced, but they don't tell you which one ahead of time so that you're always on your toes. And I said, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is a situation I could be here for. Um, and then Maybe that would have also made this movie more interesting overall. <laughs> Not a terrible movie, but I mean, you know. I think that this is a beautiful movie. I mean, I it made me want to go to Vienna. I know you've been there. I have not, mm -hmm. but I was just like, oh, I could tell that I would love Vienna, especially around Christmas time. And I think the whole purpose of this movie is to make people excited to go to Vienna at Christmas time. Yeah, and we I did do some sleuthing on this movie. They did actually film it. At Christmas time in Vienna, like the week before Christmas. So we're seeing what so it actually looks like. Real there. snow, real Christmas markets, real Viennese Christmas. So I think that was definitely felt throughout the movie. So Austin, do you want to start us off with our one sentence summary of what this movie is about? A violinist goes to Vienna to only play Christmas music and ends up working for free as a nanny for an ambassador. And then they fall in love. And I don't know if she got paid. Oh, already hitting on the snarks in that sentence. That's my that's my one sentence summary of this movie. So that's the one sentence. I think one more one sentence summary. It's like the sound of music without Nazis or any of the good parts. Or nuns. No or nuns. nuns. There's no nuns, no Nazis. And, but basically still the and same. And no, the hills are alive with music. <laughs> no running through fields in the mountainside. And of disappointingly, no children's clothes made out of drapes i i was disappointed in that so let me give you the full <laughs> summary of what happens in this movie so you can see where um the yeah sadly the drapes part did not happen so christmas in vienna opens with jess who is a um, concert master from the Minneapolis Philharmonic, and she's visiting Vienna for the Christmas holiday. She's going to spend two weeks hanging out and doing touristy things. And then at the end of that time, she's going to play a concert with her string quartet. And she's going to play in the big concert hall, which is a really big deal. And she's also thinking this might be her last concert because she's beginning to lose her love for music. And she's mourning that a little bit, trying to decide what she might want to do next in her life or what that means for her. And while she's roaming around the city on that first day, she stops to watch an Advent candle lighting ceremony. And she stands next to a man who also happens to be an American and explains to her some of the ritual that they're watching. And then they part their ways kind of longingly looking over their shoulders at each other thinking, what a lovely moment that was. But, you know, it's a big city, so we might not ever see each other again. Lo and behold, Jess's next stop is seeing her college roommate, Tori, who lives in Vienna and watches some children as a nanny, as her job. And they hang out and they make a, a date to hang out the next day. And Jess then goes off to a cocktail party where, again, she sees Mark and she talks to him about music. She suggests a dance and he turns her down. Feeling dejected, she goes to see her friend Tori the next day and is complaining about this 
gentleman who just wouldn't give her the time of day. And she realizes that Tori, the family that Tori is working for, and these children that she's working for, their father is Mark. He's the same man. And so Jess is faced with seeing him again. And around the same time, Tori is getting an opportunity to sell her Christmas or hand-painted Christmas ornaments in a Christmas market for the first time, which is a really big deal. And she wants to take this opportunity and she ropes Jess into basically watching the children for her for free for the week um, so that she can go off and sell the ornaments at the market. So Jess reluctantly agrees to take the children on all of her sightseeing tours and then thus begins her opportunity to get to know Mark a little bit better and explore some of the feelings that she thinks might be there and also get to know these children and get to know the wonderful and beautiful city of Vienna. So as they're traveling around the city, Jess is exploring it with the kids. Mark is taking her on lots of dates that aren't really dates uh, as they go explore different elements of the city and he's opening up to her. He's telling her things about how he's lonely since his wife has died and he might want to try again. But at every turn, he's rejecting her um, because he's wrestling with his own demons. He um, knows that he's never really lived in one place for long and he's worried about potentially moving his family again. The kids don't want to move. They're getting settled in Vienna. And he's afraid that Uh, Jess is just going to leave. And what's the point of starting something up with her if she's just going to go? So the children are working towards a pageant and the pageant gets snowed out. And so the pageant moves to being at the same location as Jess's final um, string quartet concert at the Viennese concert hall. And so they're all working towards this final concert and Jess continues to be rejected by Mark, even though there's clearly chemistry there. And finally, at the end of the movie, Mark realizes he needs to do what's best for his children. He realizes that he really does have feelings for Jess and he realizes that this is what he really wants. So at the concert, he reveals that he thinks that it's a good idea for them all to actually stay. They're not going to move to Zurich. Jess reveals that she's going to try to work with the Viennese orchestra so that she can stay there in Vienna. And the concert goes off without a hitch. It's wonderful. Everyone has a good time. And then after everyone leaves, Mark and Jess finally kiss and realize that they are going to be together forever. The end. Well done. There's a lot. This this movie is a hard one to do a summary for because so much of this movie is really about looking at the visuals of Vienna. It's just Christmas eye candy of a place you want to go and spend money at. I mean, that's really what the purpose of this movie is. Well, and the so. conflict is like there, but it's it's doesn't really make its appearance until way late in the movie, like what the real conflict right. is. And so most of the movie is exposition and revealing who all these people are and the complicated relationships between them. And then all of the dates that aren't really dates and all the kisses that aren't really kisses. There's just a lot of like, let's go here, but not kiss there. Let's go here, but not kiss there. Let's go there, but not kiss there. So frustrating yes. in that sense, which we'll get to when yes. we get to the snarks. But for now, predictions. Predictions. Within that context, what, so, what are our predictions? What is our accuracy rating here? Uh, one out of six. Yeah, we got the I mean, show maybe, from Palace. I mean, maybe, maybe two out of six, because you did say... that there would be a nod i think you meant that they were going to reference like verbally the sound of music but this whole movie is a nod to the sound of music she's becoming the nanny for this musical family right and he's the diplomat which is kind of like a 
like a military guy. I guess they're kind right, of. They kept trying to be like, oh, I have a military background mm-hmm. and this is. So, I mean, it's definitely a ripoff of The Sound of Music, but just less good. Yeah. Nobody made any any uh, outfits out of curtains or. There were no Nazis. No Nazis, no gazebos. I am 16 Which going I am on very 17. surprised there was not a gazebo. I mean, Hallmark's Hallmark really good opportunity is a, for a, a gazebo. gazebo. Yeah. I'm sure Vienna has a beautiful not gazebo. <laughs> But we're glad that there were no Nazis. We're glad that this is a, a different era. <laughs> so, uh, there was no sleigh ride. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, there's just the, the deadline of Christmas was the pageant. Well, I guess it maybe? was maybe the pageant thing because then she was going to perform and then go home. And so he was afraid that was the moment that she was going to leave. But it wasn't presented as much like a deadline yeah. as it usually is. So the only other love interest I'd say that existed was his love of his job. And the love of his wife that he had to let go. So there wasn't really a woman who was present. But and the his... love of Christmas markets and definitely the love of sweets. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I said that he would have another love interest. And I think it was him letting go of his, his deceased wife. I mean, that was right. really um, the love interest that he had in this movie. And it was, it was a competitor for her. Mm-hmm. It was a big reason why he, he was either afraid of loving again or, you know, still not ready to love again. And, and I think both of those threads were present here. So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we can round up to a two out of six on our success rating here of predictions. Yeah, I think that's Some fair. We make up the rules so we can do whatever we want. Then we got a perfect score. <laughs> six out of six. <laughs> or two out of two because we threw the other ones out because they yeah, don't count anymore. They don't count. They don't Invalid. count if we get them wrong. Right. So Perfect. <laughs> they only count if we get them right. Okay, so snarkable moments for this film. So originally Austin was was kind of of the camp of, oh, there weren't that many snarkable moments here. But then it was kind of a just one of those middle of the road Hallmark films. I think that's the thing, is it was it was it was a pretty movie. Here's I I really loved how they featured Vienna. It I absolutely want to go to Vienna. But the movie was just quite slow in its pace. There was no real conflict driving it. And so I was just kind of like, I don't know what to talk about it. But then we started talking about it and we definitely found some snarks. So let's share those now. So <laughs> we, we dug some up. I, I think the biggest snark that I, that I did have, especially while we were doing the live tweeting, was so she's there for her vacation before she puts on this big uh, concert. Mm-hmm. And her college roommate is like, I'm so excited to see you. I've gotten this great opportunity, but I need a replacement nanny. And all of the other nannies in Vienna are not available. I've I've interviewed them all and they're not, I can't find anyone. And there was no discussion of, uh, Jess, will you do this? I will pay you or uh, this is how I will compensate you or you owe me because of that time I helped you back in college. There was no debt. (laughs) Instead, and there was no she just roped her into it she, she guilted and her and even when they when so she bad. first brought it up she's like so Jess I need some help and Jess was like um with interviewing more uh, with more nanny interviews clearly she was trying to say no mm-hmm. I hope you're not asking what I hope you're asking or what I think right. you're asking which is for me to watch these kids on my freaking vacation right which is exactly what she was asking and which is exactly what happened, happened. yeah so Jess ends up toting these kids with her everywhere. And of course, she's like such a wonderful, angelic woman that really cares about these kids and puts all of her effort into them. But she's doing it for free. She's doing it for free. And, you know, one of the excuses or <laughs> justifications, I guess, not excuses, that her friend Vicky tell, or tells her, or excuse me, Tori, not Vicky, uh, that Tori tells her is, uh, 
they could be your tour guide to Vienna. Which is not what happened. She ended up being the tour guide for the kids. She's taking this is this is probably one of my biggest snarks for this. She's taking the kids through Schoenbrunn Palace, uh, which this is where it made its appearance. And so they are going around like tourists with the little audio guides around their necks. And Jess was the one giving them the tour, even though they've been there many times and their mother is Viennese right. and so or was Viennese. And so she'd taken them there many times before. But Jess is the one giving the tour of the place that she's never been. <laughs> I mean, clearly she she was a good history student, but yeah. and a music music history student at that, because you know Mozart. She knew everything about music in this movie, right? And everything about Mozart and everything about who would have played there and who the people were. And I was like, oh well, you know a lot about. She must have done her research, but clearly <laughs> she's not also getting paid to be a tour guide. So I'm just. Again, thinking this poor woman is on vacation and she's the tour guide. She's the nanny. Like, what else are we looking for? I mean, this was not a good vacation overall because, you know, she she gets roped into doing this nanny thing for free. I mean, yes, Vienna's magical, even with like taking care of someone else's kids for free. But also she's trying to put herself out there Mm -hmm. and you know, she keeps meeting this guy. Right. And, they and fi- she's clearly attracted she's, to him. She's into him. She was like, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. You speak English. All right. Well, she and she tells Tori about it when they first kind of catch up. She's like, there's this guy. And it was really like, but then he kind of gave me the cold shoulder. And, you know, she was talking about him. Like, it clearly made an impact on her. They had so many meet cute moments in this right. movie. So the second meet cute, because they met at the advent candle lighting one. Mm-hmm. And then they meet at the cocktail party. Right. And... Mm-hmm. They're playing the waltz. He the Viennese waltz, and she she's bold in this movie. Several times mm-hmm. she's taking the lead and saying like, "Hey, this is the Viennese waltz," and he's like, "Yes, it is." And they Strauss and yes, and and they're talking, and she's like seeing the connection. They're talking again, um, and then she asks him to dance, and she is shot down. And then not only like does she ask him to dance, she says, "Well, we don't have to." Or she says, "Can we waltz?" And he says, no, I don't waltz. And she said, well, how about we, we just, just dance? dance like He's regular like, dance. no, I don't dance. Actually, I have to go. I mean, she tried so hard to bring him in. And she looked so sad when he turned her I, down. I feel like she might have gone home and like cried in her journal that right. night. And, and this happens throughout the movie. I mean, this is every scene. I, I don't know that I've seen a Hallmark movie where it's so like awkward rejections yeah. over and over there's at least what four times mm-hmm. where he's rejecting her and then he's kind of like pulling her back in with his charm taking her out on these dates around the town and then when they get to the end of it he's like mm, no kisses for you i mean and they even talk about like is this where we kiss? i mean nope, they, yeah they start naming the moment of like do we kiss now well we would but i don't want to or we would but <laughs> it would just make be it hard too hard when to- you leave <laughs> Yeah, they have a moment dancing, like he takes her on one of their like little date things up to Shumbrum Palace and he gets her up onto the the like porch and they dance under the stars and it snows and it's beautiful and then nothing. Nothing. They go on the Ferris wheel and she's like, is this where we get? Uh, And then he's like, no, we're leaving. And she's like, oh, you're actually going to leave. Okay. (laughs) Why are we on this date then? (laughs) Right. And so it's like, ah, he just keeps it's it was so heartbreaking time and time again because. I think it was hardest because it wasn't like he was avoiding it. He was specifically pulling her in and taking her on these like right. date type things. 
sharing food together, sharing a sacra tort together, right. she was sharing not, dances together. She was not reading the room wrong. He was just saying no. Like he would bring her in. There, there was a quote in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote it down. Hold on. So the quote that she gave, I think, summarizes it perfectly because she's complaining to Tori about it. And she says, he's hot, he's cold, he connects, he pulls away, he asks for my opinion, he gets mad when I give it to him. I feel like he wants me to be open with him while he still gets to guard himself. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a healthy relationship. <laughs> um, and he's really not letting it be in no. a healthy place where they're at for most of this movie. For most of it, yeah. And, and to the point where I don't know that it's convincing at the end when they do finally get together, because I just, and we'll get there, but... Yeah, it was it it's was a, a hard weird sell. lead up to that end point. Yeah. So I want to talk about these kids for a moment. Of course, because they they're the Von Trapp children. They're the Von Trapp children. Um, but I don't know who casted them because clearly, like the littlest, who's supposed to be six years old, they're by the way, they're a little uneven. Right. There's just the she's clearly from Austria. <laughs> whereas no one else in the family is right there's three children the oldest is a girl the middle is a boy and the youngest is a little girl named isla um summer right mm -hmm. and then what was the boy's name julian and isla so mm -hmm. also weird names in terms of their germanness right but the oldest two have american accents and isla has a german accent or a, an austrian accent so it was just where did she come from right because they've only been in vienna for one year right and before that they were in south africa in the united kingdom it was just very odd and also this girl is not six years old right they said she's six she looks more like she's nine they said she's never played the violin before and then suddenly she's giving a concert in the giant concert hall for everybody playing Silent Night. At Where the she's the only movie. had one week of practice. So my theory about Isla is, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those movies <laughs> where like they adopt the orphan and then they realize it's actually like a 40-year-old person who looks like they're Or like, like the stranger on, on one of those movies where it was like they <laughs> pretended to be the lost missing child. Right. So someone is <laughs> pretending, this is a 40-year-old woman pretending to be a six-year-old child. <laughs> and that's why she could play that's Silent Night at the end. That's why she's got that weird German accent and she knows how to play the violin. <laughs> so that's why she also looks older than she is. She picked the wrong age for her like body body stature so that's my theory there there were a few other like odd things and th <laughs> th there was one moment in here that i i laughed out loud at what was that um when jess was trying to equate philly and vienna what? <laughs> she, does. she says that philadelphia is basically the vienna of the united states <laughs> <laughs> and I get what she's getting at. I mean, I know there's a lot of history and culture in Philadelphia. That's her her reason why. But I don't know that anybody in the United States would say that. I mean, I am not saying, yeah, because Philadelphia's got awesome stuff. And her justification was like, yeah, Philly is a great town. But I, I think you even put this in one of the tweets, which is Chicago, if there's any city, would be the equivalent, right? Right. I think so. I mean, it's hard to map European cities to the United States right. because they're just... All of them have deep, rich histories that the United States cities don't really have. So I don't know if they'd all just be Chicago <laughs> or New York. You have to have something that has that more like older feel to it. So not like a San Francisco, but I don't know. That's such a strange comparison it was such to make. A, 
Um, and I don't know that Philly has the same volume of Christmas markets that Vienna does. But Vienna has a lot of them and they go to all of them. They go to every single, there's a local, like the Christmas market just for the locals that they go to, mm-hmm. which now seems like that it's in this movie. Anybody who's seen this, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people are going to say, no, I want to go to the local Vienna Christmas market. <laughs> That's going to get overrun by tourists. Uh, but it was just, we spent so much movie at this at the Christmas markets. We're going to go to this one, and then we're going to go to this one, and then we're going to go to this one. But she didn't like that one because she didn't like the local one. She wanted to go to the touristy places, <laughs> which was a strange comment to make. Uh, but it, it, I think that what is, what is clearly happening here is that they were really filming these in the real Christmas market right. at Christmas time. And they wanted to capture that or they wanted to capture the busyness of the actual city. Absolutely. And they got a little over happy about it. <laughs> they were yeah, like, I mean, let's show just... as many Christmas markets as we can. Because again, the purpose of this movie is to showcase why should I go and like spend my money to go to Vienna. And there's so much food there and they're all at the Christmas markets. So much food. But one thing they're not really showcasing well is the appreciation for the German language. Oh my gosh. Because she spends most of the movie making fun of the German language. She doesn't learn it. She's she learning says, some basic it, phrases. She's like, the Deutsch. that sounds like a sneeze. <laughs> and everything. She's like, you're long, complicated German words. It's like, don't make fun of their language. She seems like a, at least a relatively classy, educated woman. Um, and so to spend half of this movie, like to their faces, making fun of the language. I mean, I guess they're of not her, of their dead mother. So they're, yeah, they're not German speaking necessarily, but their mother is Viennese. And that's, that's like a slap in the face. A little and bit. I, it's like, I get it. You, you know, you are a Westerner. You're coming into a culture you don't know. The easy thing to do is to like poke fun of it to, to make it lighthearted. The problem was it was present through all of the film, even towards the end, to where it becomes less about like I'm uncomfortable and awkward to dismissive. Mm-hmm. And I was just it, it it landed a little wrong for me. Right. And I know that we're not always generally worried about like Germans not being taken seriously or something. I mean, we we they are a very powerful, wealthy country and, and the Austrians as well. And so to make fun of their language, you know, I can see where people would just think, oh, what does it matter? But it does matter. Right. And they, they do have a culture and you're in their country and there should be some respect for that. And I think that promotes that type of attitude to people mm-hmm. when they go abroad. It's like, oh, ha ha, look at how funny this language I just ate a sneeze. When we talk about <laughs> it, yeah. And I mean, I guess if you're German yourself and you're making fun of your own language, that's a different thing, but she's not. So yeah. not cool. Um, but what was cool, <laughs> you like that transition? <laughs> I loved it. Um, the, my last sort of like little snark before we get into the things at the end of the movie, or I don't know if you have more little ones, but um, the the just heart eyes that Tori and Vincent oh were making God. at each other throughout but the movie. <laughs> then it didn't go anywhere. It never, it, they never, there was no they must payoff. have just been just like in the Royal Holiday. There's a sequel coming. No, they were just oh. doing it the whole time behind the scenes. <laughs> and it wasn't part of the movie because I mean, it didn't need to she be. She did get a Christmas booth with his mother. So it is kind of she's like she's already hanging already out there. with the in-laws. Yeah, she's going to totally. And he gets to stay now if they don't move to Zurich. Right. So that's going to give them an opportunity to have a romance. So So we could have Christmas in Vienna. Bells are ringing. <laughs> but it would be with, well, I guess it would be with all of them. It could be with all of them. And then all of them have picked up instruments or have learned to sing. And it truly could be the Von Trapp and his assistants. Yeah. And I think one, I didn't even think about this till just now. It's not in my notes. But 
they, you, know, you never saw the mother. You never saw anybody else. We had very few actors in this movie because the budget was spent on going to Vienna. Oh, yeah. So you have um, Vincent and Mark, and then you have Tori, and you have Jess and the three kids, and that's it. There's no other. There was, there was a, it was a bit part. She was, we got to see her because she was like, oh, come back. <laughs> like she was at the market. Oh, the mom was there. Yeah, yeah. And she, she was not named on the IMDb. <laughs> but she, 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 was, she doesn't get a naming yeah, credit. I mean, she must have been just like, hey, can we use your booth? <laughs> I mean, even all of the other people that are shown, like the people at the, the opera house and all the people they interact with, it's different people every time because they're really just hiring people for one scene. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of time spent with those people because we're, we're really focusing on this core cast and then the rest of the budgets on Vienna travel. I think like the next snark before we get to kind of the end, which is just a snark in and of itself. <laughs> But there's this this thing, this running thread throughout the movie, which is uh, Jess is this thoughtful gift giver. She she's the kind of person that always finds the right gift to give to Self people. Self-proclaimed thoughtful gift giver, too. She says it about herself. But those people, like if you are one of those people, you know you're, you're very right. proud you, of it and you like to tell people because that. It, you take a lot of time to think about the right gift. He, on the other hand, is like, I just give socks for Christmas. <laughs> So gift giving is a theme in this movie because he does get her a sock, but it's not just a regular old well, sock. Well, he hands her the gift. He's like, I got you a gift. And she's like, I hope it's not socks. <laughs> and it was a Christmas sock. One single sock. Because <laughs> it was a stocking. He had it embroidered with her name and said, will you spend Christmas with my family and put it on the hearth? Like, and I was like, that's like an engagement. That's, he's basically that's proposed to her. He's proposed to and her. And again, no kiss. No kiss. But he wants her there. Yeah. He got her a stocking. He's sending out all the signals <laughs> and then pulling away. He can't commit physically to her. No, he's not ready. No. But he could commit to a stocking. And then at the end, Jess has put together these thoughtful gifts for each of the kids. <laughs> and so you know, there's these moments in the movie where um, the, the oldest daughter is she's singing and she gets really nervous and she admires Jess's necklace. Mm -hmm. And so it's this like little musical note. What is it? The treble clef? It's a treble clef. And so that she gets it for her before the big concert. Okay, that's thoughtful. Piece mm -hmm. of jewelry. Has to remind her to like be in the heart. Be in her heart, yeah. not in her head. And then for the youngest, a budding violinist, she buys her a violin. Of a, a brand new violin. Those I don't, we things, don't know if it was brand new, but either her, way, new to her. They are not cheap. And then poor little <laughs> Julian. Or, or Julian, Julian, Julian. Poor little Julian. He gets a Santa hook and an Eagles cap. And he's not even a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. And even the dad or somebody's like, is that enough? And he's like, it's the perfect gift. It, and he, it's because she she had said I want you to have a place to hang your hat. And so the sentiment was there, but the expense compared to the sentiment. It was, yeah, it was, was completely off. like a metaphorical gift. And he didn't even like, it was a Philadelphia Eagles hat. And he's like, what is it's not the even... team? He was very confused. But then when asked about it, he was like, no, this is a perfect gift. I feel like it would have the been an easy thing to throw child. in of like he had seen a hat at the market that he really liked or something. But it was, it, there was nothing... I would have I would have felt disappointed with that the hook gift. was really cheap. It looked like you could bend the wires on it. I mean, it was yeah, it was not a good hook. So so for me, that was a big snark was those gifts at the end. There. Yeah, she didn't do a good job, which leads us to the ridiculousness of the final scene, which as always happened super fast, like 10 minutes of 
complete resolution to everything in the whole movie. So as Tara mentioned in the summary, the um, kids choir concert had to find a new location. Because it was supposed to snow on Christmas Day. Because it was supposed to snow on Christmas Day. And so she pulled some strings, pun intended. (laughs) Uh Violin strings. And and got approval to move this kid's solo concert over to the opera house. Mm Mm-hmm. And to be the pre-show to be the pre-show. for her quartet performance. Which raises two very important questions. And I didn't even think of this, but Austin deals in events. <laughs> and so he, this is on his radar. He's, he goes into event logistics. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this is my life. So number one, does that mean that Jess was unable to sell out her own show, that there's that many extra seats that all the parents who were going to go see their kids sing can now come to this. Mm -hmm. Second, do they have to spend money on those tickets? Because it probably wasn't going to be as expensive as Jess's concert Mm -hmm. if there was any charge. And then third, what about the people who did pay? And they're like, why do I have to sit through (laughs) not only this whole concert, which they probably came for, but it's going to be a normal length concert. Plus this whole kids pageant. Right. With a kid who clearly was not ready to go up on stage oh and my sing. Gosh. Like the first you know, uh, summer was going up to sing and she was going to sing Ave Maria. Mm-hmm. But she ends up singing Silent Night as a surprise <laughs> for Jess because it's her favorite song. And she wants Jess to accompany her on the violin, which is all great and wonderful. Um, but then she freezes and she doesn't know what so, to sing. So then Julian comes out and, and he starts sings singing it in, in German. perfect German. And then... Everybody else comes out and little Isla, 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 it's not Isla, like Isla Island. <laughs> she's playing that brand new violin. She's playing the brand new violin got. that she just learned. And then also the dad can sing. Who knew? And they have a little like singing family situation with the 40 year old Isla just playing on her violin. <laughs> it's, oh, it's no, such a no. heartwarming moment for the whole audience where I think if I was in that audience, I'd be like, what is this? The kid can't even like. It, it it just raised a lot of logistics event questions. But even before we go on stage to hear this song that the whole family's going to sing, we finally get the almost kiss again. And he's like, is now the time to kiss? And She's then, like, I'm about to go on stage. She's about to go on stage and accompany his not daughter. not time for a first kiss. <laughs> so our first kiss isn't going to be until after the concert. So they don't show any more of the concert. We don't see the quartet. We don't really know what the pageant really looked like or what was going on with that. And. Which honestly was we fine don't really for me. Need to, yeah. But we cut to he stayed behind. Yeah, Tori whisks the children off. Tori like, says he's. Mark I lost him somewhere on stage. This is you not know. a huge <laughs> stage, by the way. There's only a large Christmas tree and a piano out there. I don't know how she lost him on stage, but she goes out there. Well, she's been pushing this whole time for them right. to she get does, together. She's, she's, she's definitely, definitely pushing them, them together. Too. So she goes out there. And they finally get to have this last final, like, first kiss. Nobody else is in this auditorium. It's Everyone's cleared left, out. Everyone's except gone. for, apparently, the spotlight operator. Because the spotlight <laughs> is right on them, on them and the piano. The spotlights are still going. But nobody's tearing down. Nobody's tech, like, like, like taking down so tech stuff or whatever. appreciation to our tech theater friends out there who knew a romantic moment needed to and have they went that and magical lighting. And their little black outfits, <laughs> and they went and hid in the wings so that this magical moment could look like it was happening alone on the stage um, with the, the bright spotlight on them. On the, <laughs> yeah. So any final snarks to wrap us up on the, the snark? I don't, I don't think I have any, um, especially, you know, it was another one where we kiss and then roll credits, which is 
so predictable at this point for the most part. But yeah, that's our, our key snarks is how kind of a downer the romance was <laughs> in this until the very end, which we can give our thoughts in a minute about if we think this love will last. But let's go into title review and alternate title. Okay. So, so the, what are your thoughts about this title? So the title is Christmas in Vienna. I would leave it as Christmas in Vienna. I think every year they have one of these movies where they go on location. And so it makes sense. Last year was Christmas in Rome. This year, Christmas in Vienna. I don't know what else you would call it. So I'm fine with leaving it yeah. as it is. I'm not upset that this is taken because it's a destination movie. The only other alternate title that I might give it is not the sound of music. <laughs> because you should not get your hopes up for that. Uh, yeah, and I wouldn't name it anything about violins or music or anything. Because no. there were so many other movies about violins and music this year that it would just get muddled with all of those so <laughs> let's just call a spade a spade christmas in vienna done do you think that this love is going to last tara absolutely not he is gonna <laughs> they're gonna go back they're gonna have a good couple of days till she goes home and whenever she figures out what she's doing but he is not ready and no. i think that he was kind of pushed to being ready by the holiday season but i do not think that he we just saw no evidence in the movie that he's really ready to go into a long-term relationship with her. Yeah, he's going to he's going to continue to reject her at all of these like little and major milestones in their relationship. And I think she's a strong enough woman to say, "You know what, bud? You're not ready for this." He's going to drag his feet on moving in together, on engagement, on telling her important things about decisions that he's making because like she said she he's expecting her to open up to him she did have a previous like engagement or something that she mentioned with that another didn't violinist um but but for him you know or she she would be getting into her, her first marriage potentially right um and he's getting into his second and i think she's going to be ready and he's going to be i mean i guess back. i guess the way it could work though is you know, he's an ambassador, so he's probably quite busy. Mm -hmm. Like his kids ignore him. He has a nanny, and so he's probably going to like commit to the initial romance, and then just become emotionally distant. And she's going to be trapped. She's going to be playing the violin. She's going to be stuck, and she's going to be nanny. taking care of the kids. Mm -hmm. And so she'll be the wife nanny. Mm -hmm. But she's always going to be struggling to get his, and she's just going to say, "Well, I mean, she's a person. I feel like her character believes that like when you're married, that's it." Mm -hmm. And so she won't leave, but she'll feel trapped there. And I did look up the ages of these characters because that's a big question I've been having all season mm -hmm. um, or with all of these movies is how old are, at least if I know how old the actors are, then I can guesstimate how old these characters are supposed to be. So Brennan Elliott is 45-ish, I mean, mm -hmm. give or take um, a year because of my math on the, the birth date. <laughs> um, and then Sarah Drew, who plays Jess, is 40. Okay. She does not look 40, by no. the way. Um, so clock is ticking if she wants to have babies. And I, I don't imagine I think that she's, she's just going no. to at this state. And that's not everybody's purpose or everybody's reason or anything. But I think that's going to be a factor because, you know, she's got these these kids here and he has time. And she's kind of at that place where it's like, you either got to do it now. Right. Or you, you're not doing it at all. So I want to pause for a second and talk about Sarah Drew for a moment. <laughs> because would not have known this had we not been on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. There, she has a giant fan base. <sighs> and they are intense, y'all. Yes. They are self-proclaimed. So they didn't have, uh, 
they're not called like the heinies there, there wasn't a name for them yet mm-hmm. but they someone asked said what should what should we call ourselves and they came up with drewsters drewsters and so these drewsters were so because she was doing ask me anything on reddit and mm-hmm. she was answering and they were like pay attention to me i won't give up until you pay no, attention she wasn't to doing me it on reddit she was just doing it in the tweets during the filming uh, like, okay while we were watching the show oh yeah they were doing ask me anything and they could ask her questions and she would answer them during the movie which, which I thought was impressive. really distracting <laughs> but i think that's impressive because there it was just flooding it trended on Twitter. Right. 10,000 tweets about this and movie a, last And night. a couple of these movies have been trending, but this one trended more than other ones have trended. Absolutely. So it was really intense. And, you know, just a little, like, peek into our back end here. So when we're live tweeting, we use TweetDeck. And I have, like, my column that is, you know, my feed on Twitter. And then my column that is any notifications. And then I have a column that's just, like, Hallmark Countdown to Christmas so I can kind of see general conversation. And then I have a column for the specific movie. Right. And so it just shows all the tweets that are coming through about Christmas in Vienna. And you could see, like, parallel side by side <laughs> how fast that one column was moving with just, like, tweet, 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 tweet. It and during intense. the commercials, it would just look like it was on steroids. It was like, tweet! <laughs> with them just being like, Sarah, 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 love me, Sarah. I made a collage of you, Sarah. Be my best friend, Sarah. Will you come visit me, Sarah? Can I have your baby, Sarah? It was like... It, it was an intense level. Whoa. And, you know, great for her. I mean, she's done some great work on many shows like i i I know her from Grey's anatomy and i realized i remembered her from this one episode or so on glee and i was like okay so i've seen her in all these things and i could tell she she did a great job in this movie Mm -hmm. i actually found her character very interesting and easy to watch yeah everything except for the speech that she gave at the end at the concert which was really strange uh the the words weren't strange but her delivery of it was really strange yeah but for the most part you could see that the caliber of acting was excellent and yeah, she's but a good I, actress. I feel like we had to make a nod to the Drewsters on Twitter and how intense that was. Right. So. But then a similar nod to there were some really excellent folks that we've kind of gotten to live tweet with yes. time and time again. And they had some just great wit about this movie and I've enjoyed. <laughs> There's too many of them to name here. Maybe we'll we'll have another point where we can give some shout outs to some folks. But um, just a good time with them keeping us on the snark side <laughs> rather than on the Sarah Drew fan club side <laughs> of things. So that's where we were at. So let's go into kind of our last, our rating system, which is when would you watch this movie? So when would I watch this movie? I would watch this movie on the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Okay. So kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a destination film. So it's got mm-hmm. a little bit of elevated feature to it and i like vienna i mean for me the movie itself is less interesting than again i like seeing places that i've been in the movies so christmas in rome was nice this one's nice we have nashville i think next week and i've been to nashville so it's like cool seeing places on the screen um so that elevates it a little more for me than where i might put it elsewise and as a person who's a little less traveled than you (laughs) my ideal spot for this would be right after i get my tax refund and say yes we should spend this on going to vienna right (laughs) i i I think you know you think of germany as kind of the bigger country but there's a lot to offer in austria and it's very pleasant little place and you can go to salzburg and see mozart's home and you can go to vienna and spend you could spend months in vienna and not see everything it's a lovely city um, so I think it has. So we're putting a plug in here for Vienna. But for me, I would watch this <laughs> after I have list. like a big chunk of change given to me to say, let's buy those tickets. Let's figure out where we're going. Because I mean, I will tell you, 
I'm going to go to Vienna now because of this. I was already going to go because you said, but this movie said, convinced me yeah. that this is the place I've got to go in my life. Well, I so. want to go back to Munich. And I think if I went to Munich, we would go to Vienna. I think that would be a delightful little trip for us. So we can go have a sacker tort. <laughs> <laughs> I want strudel. And get some strudel and some... And whatever those sneezy things were. <laughs> some pretzels, some <laughs> bratwurst. I don't know. What else? <laughs> So overall, I would say three hearts for this movie and three snarks. Three hearts and three snarks was pretty solid for me. Yeah. You know, not not prime snarkage, but definitely some good solid snark moments in there. It and kept us interested. It could have been a two-star movie, but I think Vienna elevated it to a three-star. Absolutely. Me. All right. Well, I think that covers everything from our snark list, but um, you want to remind people about where they can find us online. and We're we everywhere. Might- <laughs> we you can are. listen to our podcast on any of your favorite pod apps. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love it if you dropped us a comment wherever you listen. Throw us some stars because we love our Hall Snarky fan base, but we would love to grow this family. So. We, yeah, we are a growing podcast and growing podcasts, a big way that we get ourselves higher up on the search results for people looking for Hallmark is through those reviews. So we appreciate that. And if you want to join in the fun of live tweeting or follow us on Instagram or Facebook, our handle is at Hallmark Snark. So we'd love for you to join us for one of these upcoming movies. Yes, we've been very much enjoying interacting with everybody through that. So join us there as well for any of the movies, but definitely the Saturday night ones for Countdown to Christmas. So, all right. Well, I think that is all for us today as we uh, go to sleep and, and prepare for timeless Christmas, which is tomorrow, which we're I very excited cannot about. <laughs> wait for this one. So there one. might be another full episode dropping later this week as well. But until then, I've been Tara. And I've been Austin. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. Bye.